Last fall, when I was training for a 25K trail run, there were days when I felt like I could run forever. When my legs felt strong and my pace was fast and 12 miles felt like just a beginning. And then there were other days, most days, when my 40-year-old joints were slow to warm up and I couldn't catch my breath. And the only thing that kept me from giving up at the halfway point was that I was miles away from home. On the easy days, I could listen to podcasts or audiobooks and just let my mind wander while my body knocked out the miles. I made my way through more than one like Brene Brown book that way, just running and sobbing the whole time. But on the hard days, I might start with a podcast, but soon I needed a boost. I needed something to help me. And my preferred boost last October was this Scottish folk rock group called Tidelines, something that Spotify had served up to me. And I'd put on a song of theirs like The Young and the Restless, which started kind of slow, but then this soaring flute would come in, and then the drums started driving, and finally this like heroic Scottish vocal line broke over them with, with a chorus that says, we'll run for the rest of our lives. And something happened in me. My body grew stronger and more limber, and I started running faster than I had on my way out and enjoying it a lot more. From that place where I thought I had nothing left to give, I suddenly found myself with more than enough, calling on reserves of power I hadn't known were there. I suddenly realized that I could keep going, if not for the rest of my life, at least until I got home. This scripture that Elena read gives me goosebumps, especially Moses' words to his people. The Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. I don't get goosebumps so much for them as for me. Thinking of the obstacles I've faced, thinking of the challenges that have threatened my friends and family through the years, thinking of the seasons when it seemed like something or someone was out to get me. And hearing those words as a promise that some greater power has my back, imagining those obstacles that seem insurmountable, those challenges that feel unmeetable, seeing them wiped out in a moment, here today and tomorrow, never seen again. To get the full effect, you need a little bit of context, maybe. Just before this scene, God gives Moses his hardest direction, uh, his hardest message to deliver yet. Moses and God are, are leading the Israelites out of slavery, and they're running from the, for their lives from the world's greatest military power. And God tells Moses at that point to tell the people, turn around, walk back toward Egypt which, of course, they're not excited about doing. And when God explains why God wants them to turn around, they're even less excited. God says, when Pharaoh sees you turn around, he'll think you're lost and wandering. And then he'll come after you, which is exactly what happens. Pharaoh sees them, thinks they're lost and wandering, and handpicks 600 of his best chariots to send after them. 
but apparently he's worried like those 600 chariots will not be enough for this crowd of unarmed people. So then he just sends the rest of the army after them, all bearing down on the Israelites. And they, per God's instructions, have backed up until they're pinned against the Red Sea. Their backs to the shore, nowhere to go. And of course, they're afraid. They're terrified. They rail against Moses for bringing them out here to die. Even Egypt, they say, was better than this. And Moses tells them, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Goosebumps. The same ones I get at like Psalm 23. Yes, at that line about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but even more for me, the line about I will set a feast for you in the presence of your enemies. The same goosebumps I get reading Romans 8 at a funeral. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The same goosebumps I get from that popular protest line, they tried to bury us. They didn't know we were seeds. That same feeling that there is a strength I can call on, a reserve of power that I often forget is there. I wanted to preach about that feeling as we begin this Be Not Afraid theme to preach about the passages that give me courage when I'm afraid, that give me strength when I feel I have nothing left. That goosebump feeling when I I suddenly believe down in my bones that I will make it through. But it's hard to preach that kind of sermon in a congregation of smart, progressive folks, or at least it's hard for me to preach it. I have a certain amount of skepticism about anything that sounds like too inspirational. Anything that could be written on like a Bible verse a day calendar or cross-stitched on a pillow. I feel dubious about anyone suggesting to me that the power of God is something I could draw on, something that's for me. That God will fight our battles if we just keep still. Actually, I, I love that song and I think of it all the time for worship, but I think today is the first time I've ever had us sing it because it makes me uncomfortable to suggest that the obstacles and challenges of our lives could just be wiped out in the blink of an eye. It sounds too good to be true. A sophisticated group like this has reason to be suspicious about that kind of claim. I was hesitant to preach it too because almost every month at our, at our book group, we end up talking about emotional manipulation. It's a thing our book group has kind of a hair trigger for, so our group is very cautious about it. Looking at all the books we read, worried that we're being led to feel a certain way, that we're being toyed with or set up or for some 
cheap emotional payoff. I don't want to preach that. I don't want to use scripture in that way for some momentary feeling of inspiration, for some quick boost. And that's one way to think of what those songs do for us, those workout playlists that pump us up and keep us going. This girl is on fire, if you didn't recognize the song from our passing of peace, I know Nola did. A formula to lead us in a certain direction. You can see it so obviously, like the driving rhythms and the soaring flute and the heroic vocal line rising higher and higher, the way it builds and swells changes keys in a way that makes you dig deeper and run faster, the way it can pull something out of you that really isn't there, strength that you don't actually have. Only you do have it. I mean, it is there. It's real. A study in the Journal of Human Kinetics found that people ran 10% longer and 14% faster listening to music. Where does that come from? Where could it come from except from inside you? And is it still manipulation to tell someone they have a depth of strength they have yet to call on, a reserve of power they may have forgotten about if it turns out to be true? In staff meeting this week, Elena recalled a conversation she had had with a friend about all the key changes you hear in worship music. That artificial lift we get from them, the manipulative way they leave us feeling just a little lighter and happier than before we'd sung them. But her friend pushed back on that skepticism that those feelings were hollow or artificial, she said something like, maybe God hides in key changes. Maybe God is revealed in them. Maybe what we're experiencing in that uplifted feeling is not a false momentary boost. Maybe we are touching a hope that is real and powerful. Not a manipulation, but a reminder of what is true at the deepest level. Maybe God hides in goosebumps, in the words that let us imagine the powers of evil, the obstacles to love and justice and healing wiped out in an instant, not nearly as strong as we had given them credit for. Or maybe they are strong, and we are stronger yet. The living God is stronger yet. Maybe that's not a dangerous fantasy, but a deep reality. That there is a higher power that makes our present challenges look like nothing. That we are connected to it and loved by it. That we have depths of resources we have not yet begun to call on. That even with our backs against the walls and the forces of evil bearing down on us, we do not need to be afraid. It's hard to preach. I don't want to manipulate you. I don't want to give you false hope. But I do want to give you hope. And one thing I noticed while I was writing this sermon is that while I'm very skeptical of the voice telling me I don't need to be afraid, I rarely stop to question the other voice. 
the one telling me that I should be. I don't often ask whether I'm being manipulated in the opposite direction. I worry about false hope, but I don't worry enough, I think, about false hopelessness. I tend to trust that voice that tells me I am powerless and doomed and have nothing left to give, the voice that complains we were better off before we started this journey to liberation. I forget to look back after the fact and see whether it turned out to be true. Moses doesn't try to convince the people. He doesn't try to sell them on it. He just tells them what he believes to be true, the message he's received from God. The Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. It gives him goosebumps to imagine it, that there is a power greater than the strongest army on earth and that is working for his liberation, that the challenges that seem insurmountable right now can be wiped out in an instant, that he and his people have strength that they can draw on, that the living God is hidden in those words, revealed in the inspiration he feels, the courage it gives him. He doesn't try to convince them. He knows that they are skeptical. He just tells them, stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. He doesn't try to sell them on it. He just tells them, be still and find out for yourselves which voice is trustworthy. The one telling you you are doomed or the one assuring you, do not be afraid.